What's up my fellow scruffy looking nerf herders and welcome to the Carbonite Chat. Today we're going to be talking about how Rey won in the throne room. Covering the throne room fight. This is chapter 27 of The Last Jedi novel. I will cover a tiny other little thing that was mentioned in this chapter other than just the throne room fight. But it is mostly that. So here we go. Finally it's the chapter with the fight scene that's so great that no one can argue with. That even the haters, you know, if there's, you know split between the audience everyone loves this and so this is going to be a good review of one singular chapter there's i mean how can you pick out anything wrong with this you've got to be just a hater if you want to be able to say anything negative about this so let's get into it and see what the novel has to say first off to cover the little minor points beforehand hux is looking over rose who's been you know acting up kind of acting crazy they have to have guards to hold her back and, uh, you know, they just saw DJs leaving and that he turned them in and Huck sees her little necklace. And so he walks up and he kind of recognizes it, send, you know, says, oh, I remember this. You know, I remember destroying your planet and all this stuff. And he, he makes a comment and says that, you know, y'all can have a little bite, but it's never going to stop us. Like, you know, y'all are just little dogs trying to make a little, you know, attack, but it, it doesn't mean anything. It can't prevent us. And that's when she bites down on his hand. And, uh, which I forgot to look. I meant to look. Please look it up and comment down below because I'm pretty sure that you don't see a bloody hand in the next scene with him and Kylo, even though it says that it cut blood and that there's a half moon shape in his hand. Now this is <laughs> this is where we get into the brilliance of Ryan Johnson's writing or how he views brilliance. I can just see him just utterly just like just giggling to himself with excitement of how smart of a writer he is because this is what he does. This is his intelligence. This is what he does to consider himself brilliant. You see it all throughout the movie and you see it like when Luke makes a comment, Ray shows up and he asks about, you know, do you really think I'm going to stand down in front of the entire first order with just a lightsaber all by myself? Get cut to end of the movie. That's what he's doing. He's talking to Ray and Ray so he asks Ray about, you know, what do you what's the force? And she says, Oh, it's just lifting rocks. And then later on she walks up and she's like, Huh, just lifting rocks. And then Luke ends up saying, you know, everything you said right there is completely wrong. And then later on he says it to <laughs> Kylo. And everything you just said there is completely wrong. And I can continue to go on and on, but here he makes a comment to Rose about that, you know, her, you know, planet that she comes from and basically the resistance is just a little bite, but they can't do anything. Then she bites him. And it happens after he's looking at her little half moon necklace and then the bite on his hand is a little half moon. So yeah. And then, uh, later on as he's deciding to say, you know, shoot them or whatever it actually says, but his hand still hurts. Owie. <laughs> Oh man, this is rough to get through, guys. To the throne room, though, this is the part that we got. This is this is that moment that everyone can agree on is spectacular and great. So let's see what happens. Really, the novel just focuses on the entire time Ray and how she's dealing with the fight. It does mention she's so she's fighting, and then she starts to kind of remind herself, "Oh, I need to reach out with the Force because see, she learned something from Luke. She was trained and." So she begins to reach out, and as she's reaching out, she's starting to sense everything around her, and she senses Kylo, and that Kylo's kind of, you know, like a beast, it says, that he's 
like a wild animal that's finally been able to release and kind of let himself go and kind of let out all the anger that he probably had at Snoke or that he did have at Snoke and released it on the Praetorian guards that were protecting Snoke. You know, as we saw at the beginning when he kind of made a step and Snoke, you know, electrocuted him and the, you know, the Praetorian guard stepped forward. So kind of playing off that he has some anger towards them. He's taking out and he's thoroughly enjoying this kind of fight or duel. But as it goes on, Ray starts to realize that she's not prepared for this duel, that she's getting tired, that she's not, she hasn't been trained enough, that she's not up to it, that she's going to get herself hurt. And, you know, this is where <laughs> you get the whole explanation. She's not a Mary Sue. See, she's struggling. You just have to read all the novels and extra stuff to be able to find out that she's not a Mary Sue. Because if you watch the movie, you know, she gets by fairly easily, even though Kylo fights off more people, she gets by fairly easy. And then she's actually the one that kind of ends up saving Kylo. So, but the book goes into detail to tell you that she's getting tired and that she's struggling, that she realizes she hasn't had enough training and that she's not going to be able to make it. And she's not sure what to do. And so it's kind of like, okay, it's this attempt that they're trying to make to make it like she's not really a Mary Sue, like the earlier attempt I mentioned a couple chapters ago, where it answers the reason that she's at Powers is because she was able to read Kylo's mind in The Force Awakens. Um, so, okay, they're trying to explain it. Fair enough to them. This is actually the first time they've attempted to explain something and, he, and done it fairly well. And I... I don't mean that in really a positive light. I just mean they did so terrible at all the other explanations for why there's issues in the movie that this was just kind of like, oh, okay, there you go. You're explaining it. So now people have an excuse for why she's not a Mary Sue. But then we get to the part that really just is spectacular. Um, if you haven't noticed, I'm pretty sarcastic in a lot of these comments I've made so far. This book has just, I'm at just a, just done at this point so it's, it's pretty a lot of sarcasm here but this is very key to understand um she then realizes her herself because again she wasn't really trained by luke she you know she was told to reach out the stupid scene and all whatnot but she realizes as she's fighting that she can't continue to kind of like you know drive the force to push the force to do what she wants and so she realizes that, no, she needs to, she realizes this. No one told her, no one explained this to her, nothing. She just realizes it on her own as she realizes everything else and is able to do everything else on her own. She just figures it out herself in the middle of a battle where she's overwhelmed by, you know, spectacular fighters that have been trained to protect the supreme leader of the galaxy. And in the middle of this fight with multiple combatants, where she's getting tired. It talks about that there's so much going on in the force that she's overwhelmed with the, the life and the death happening all around her. And then Kylo and everything that's happening, she just can't, she can't keep up with it. It's too much of the force kind of just overwhelming her at one time. And she realizes she's, she's probably going to die as this continues. There's no way she can survive. This is too big of a situation for how little training she got. It's like almost an exact line from the book. But then she realizes that she needs to let the force drive her. Let the force kind of do the work. And this is where it just, just collapses uh, for me. I mean, not that 
it was at that high of a standard to begin with. But she begins to, she's not even fighting that. So the rest of the fight, it's the force doing everything. In the book, it talks about, she says, uh, one of the whips get thrown at her. And she says her eyes weren't able to track it, but the lightsaber came up to block it. And then as the next person went to strike down at her stomach, the lightsaber met it where it was at. And that, that's the rest of the fight. It's her talking about basically watching how the lightsaber is just moving into position. That it's just going where it needs to go. That she's not even seeing or recognizing how it's happening. It's just happening. That the force like is just is just making it happen. I'm sure there's gonna be commenters that are like, but see, she's made up by the force and all this stuff, and well, that's just dumb, man. Even in that, you didn't have this with Anakin. You you didn't have this with Anakin. Is is she just a better Anakin now? Is that what it is? Anakin had you know 14 years of training, and he still got whooped by Count Dooku. And yes, I know Count Dooku was an expert duelist. But that, that's, a, that's the thing, like it's just, it destroys everything that Star Wars was. What made Star Wars great? So that's basically the rest of the battle. She's, she's essentially just letting the lightsaber do it. She's, she's not even doing anything. The lightsaber's doing it. It literally says the lightsaber went this way and then she looked and the lightsaber was blocking this next move and then the lightsaber was doing this move and then she realized the lightsaber was doing, it's just, Here's what made Star Wars great. Let's just let, let's go into one of the things that made it so special. And I will put the blame even on George Lucas for this. He made the mistake, and this is what a lot of people complain about me being key on this with the Phantom Menace, is the midichlorians and why it was such a big issue. Was it made it more sci-fi. And Star Wars was fantasy. And what's great about fantasy is that it's a fantasy. It takes you outside of the world. Every one of us has been like Luke at some point, staring off with our hopes and dreams of what can be, our desires, our goals, what we think that we could possibly achieve or want to achieve, that we're looking up to the sky and we have this fantasy of where we might want to go. And that's why we connected so well with Luke. We knew this. It was directly after he had a kind of an ordeal with his Uncle Owen about wanting to leave, wanting to get off the planet. He wasn't meant to be here. Even his Aunt Beru says it. He, he's not meant to be a farmer. But he feels like he's being held back, and we've all felt that at some point. But what was great is there was the force, but there wasn't. it wasn't because he had a certain amount of you know, midichlorians in his blood count. At this point, if you're looking at just the original movies being made in the time that they're made, it wasn't that he was a part of some special bloodline. It wasn't this spectacular lineage. And a lot of people argued that, see, this is what makes Rey great, is she's not a part of a lineage, and so that's good as returning to that part of Star Wars. But here's the problem, is Rey didn't do any training. She just has the Force taking over for her. She just, it's, it's just taking over to do these things. But the Force was kind of like a spiritual thing, kind of like a, a mythic faith that if you then begun to understand that there's 
something more out there. There's something special. There's something kind of intrinsically connecting all of us that if you can kind of grasp into that and understand that you have the capability of being something even greater than you imagined. And then through using that, began to train and work and trust in this and believe that you could become something incredibly special. You could go from a farm boy on a desert island with no, on a desert planet with no future to the, one of the greatest Jedi's, if not the greatest Jedi ever defeating the greatest evil, redeeming your father who was the second greatest evil and bringing him back to the light, saving the galaxy, being a hero for all. And this is why so many people are so angry and frustrated by just destroying Luke. It's kind of destroying what we all had as our dreams. It's still that person that we could look up to and see that someone apart from all these other things, because we, we're not going to, you know, we're not born of some famous lineage of a prophetic line with some superb genetic abilities. And that wasn't Luke. Now, it was changed later, but this is what we're talking about. What made Star Wars special? What made Star Wars great? It was this. It was that anyone could be. You could go out and play on the playground in 1978 or 1981. And you could imagine your Luke. There's nothing in the story that prevents you from imagining you can be him if you can just have this belief and you can say well that's dumb why you know that belief it leads to a negative thing but again this is fantasy and that's the whole point of fantasy is to give you something to believe in to take you outside of if when the world that we live in the real world reality is a struggle and you need something else to kind of uplift you and push you on and give you that kind of dreamers mentality Nothing did it better than Star Wars. And that was what was so great. And that was some of the issues with the prequels. And then here's where it just doesn't exist now. And now that you're telling us that, okay, it's not that someone can learn. It's not that someone needs to try or work or take effort. It's just, hey, you just need to be lucky and the Force needs to pick you. So just sit there. Just sit there on your desert planet forever until one day the force decides to do something does that make you dream does that speak to the desire inside of us to go after our goals to go after our dreams to pursue something greater to become our wildest imagination no it doesn't and it really kills that it doesn't make it special is Ray supposed to be someone for girls to look up to? Well, I'm sorry, girls that are watching this, that probably aren't many, but if you are, if you're a 10 or 11-year-old girl and you look up to Ray and you want to be like Ray because she's this Jedi, you can't because the Force didn't choose you. Or if there's a hundred of you, maybe one of you got picked. Sorry. Is that uplifting to you? Does that make you feel better? Does that make you kind of just dream and imagine and hope and be willing to work to be willing to say hey you know what this is my goal I'm gonna start working towards it and you have that imagination that potential of something there 
that's just that one thing that Obi-Wan Kenobi that you find these droids to pop up. This all of a sudden adventure to find you and you go on. And you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fall on your face and you're going to screw up. And you're, it's going to happen constantly. But we saw Luke go through that and he still kept pushing forward and he succeeded. And he never changed who he was as a person. So be, to, be true to yourself and continue to dream and continue to work. And one day you can have that. You can possibly have that. It's, it's about possibilities. It's about holding on to that dream. It's about seeing someone in the same place that you are at. Rising to a place that you want to be at. That was what made Star Wars great. And that's why these Star Wars aren't great. That's why Rey's not a great protagonist. She's not a great Jedi. She's not someone to look up to. Even if you ignore all the other things. I mean, in my mind, this is even worse than the Mary Sue thing. Yeah, she hasn't really trained and everything just works out for her. And there's no young girl coming up now that is can look up to Ray and see themselves in Ray, other than the fact that they've got similar hair and body. Like it just doesn't it doesn't fit. No girl can speak, you know, no young girl is orphan, can speak many multiple languages, is a great street fighter, great mechanic, great pilot, can end up beating a UFC opponent or a professional boxer or whatever you want to consider it. No one's like that. It just doesn't work. She doesn't have these desires or goals that we can connect to. And then that rolls into the next part with the parents saying, and I've discussed this on so many occasions, but because we're dealing with it here, I'll run through it one more time real quick. You know, Kylo walks up and you know he's asking her about her parents or whatever. And she, she says it's, they're, they're nobody. She says they're nobody. No one talks about their parents like that. Your parents may not be professional athletes. They might not be these Jedis or the president or, you know, something special. I don't, whatever it is you're looking towards, you know, musician, scientist, whatever. They're your parents and you love them because they're your parents. No one says their parents are nobodies. This whole scene is again, Ryan writing terribly. It's just, he says he doesn't care about the audience and he, you know, he doesn't care about the fans. You got to write the best story. But this is him writing directly at the fans. He's saying, she's saying they're nobody because we were trying to pick out who they were. But that doesn't make sense for her to say they're nobodies and that this affects her. Now to find out they're dead, then yeah, that can affect her. But it's when she begins to say that they're nobodies, that she has to admit this, that she's already known. But we didn't, we questioned who she, who her parents were, but she was never questioning that. She knows who her parents were. She was dropped off at like 10 or 11. She was trying to find, she was waiting for her parents to return. That was what's happening on Jakku. That's why she wanted to keep getting back to Jakku. She wanted to find her parents. She wanted to know why her parents hadn't returned. That was her desire. It wasn't to know who her parents were, and that's why the mirror scene is so stupid. The mirror scene in the cave makes no sense. She wants to see her parents? Why not be like, hey, where are my parents? That's what makes sense. But again, Ryan's not trying to write a story that makes sense. He's trying to write a story at Star Wars fans and against them. 
And I'm sorry if you can't get that, but that's completely clear. That, you know, if she would have said, you know, my parents were drunkards, that still wouldn't make sense. If she would have said, my parents are never going to return, that might have made sense. That she, She's known that, but she's never admitted it. That could have made sense. But not saying they're nobodies. And then to further show that it's written at fans, Kylo says, yeah, you have no place in this story. You're nothing. Like, you come from nothing. What do you mean? She has as much of a place in this story as anyone else. More, she's she's the main, like, kind of the main character in the story. It's arguable whether or not she's the true protagonist of The Last Jedi, but basically she's the main character. She's the Jedi. She's She just was being held up by the Supreme Leader. She has a very key, pivotal role in this story. If you say she has no place in this story, it's because you... Ryan Johnson are writing to the fans who are viewing about a 70-year time period. That, as far as that goes, she shouldn't have a role in this. But again, that's you writing at the fans. This isn't quality writing. This isn't some deep moment. This isn't some in-depth thing. All of you that are trying to explain these things and saying, hey, by the way, you know, you just haven't realized that she's actually a clone, or you just haven't realized that she's actually, you know, created by the force. What are all of y'all, what have all you been mocking and saying to us in the comments, being like, oh, y'all are just mad because your theories didn't work out. Now you're just creating a bunch of theories to try to make your movie make sense. It's the same thing we did with The Force Awakens. Those of us who stood by The Force Awakens and tried to you know, keep the faith for a little bit longer. We just we, we built up these theories to make the movie make sense. The difference is that we had a director that was known for mystery boxes. So his whole thing was to create mystery boxes. And now we're being mocked for... Wondering about the mystery, even though you hired a director that does mystery boxes. <laughs> it's just, it's insanity. But this is the, this is the, uh, this is who we have writing our stuff. He's mocking you. He's mocking us. Stop trying to fight between us. It's just, it's not good. If you enjoyed it at the time, that's understandable. You got into it with nostalgia. You wanted to believe it was good, but it's, it's just not. <laughs> And it's ruining Star Wars. And if we don't deal with that now, we're never going to be able to have Star Wars be what it was before. To be something that our kids and future generations can look up to and be like, this is something different. This is something that pushes me forward. This is something that if you want to watch and you want to kind of connect into your dream, into your imagination... Something to push you further, to push you forward. And if you say, well, that's just all dumb and stupid. Well, then Star Wars isn't for you. But that's what Star Wars was and should still be. But it's not. And if we don't say something about it, if we don't try to stand up for that. Even if you want to act like you like these movies or if you do like these movies. Hopefully some of what I've said opened your eyes. But you've got to admit it's nowhere compared to the originals. There's a reason that they are considered some of the greatest movies of all time. These weren't silly, stupid movies. These were incredible, influential films for a reason. Why, why is it only a few of us that want that to still be the same? 
Why can't we still have magnificent, brilliant, deep, meaningful movies that are blockbusters? Why can't we have that? Why should we cheapen it? We're paying for it. Disney bought it for $4 billion, but they bought that because they expect to get their money back from us. Why let them do it so terribly? Why let them take the dream away? Why let them take what matters, what made Star Wars Star Wars? Why let them have it? It's ours. Anyways, that's the video. That's chapter 27. Man, that was just it's frustrating. I mean, what's the point in watching anymore? It's just whoever the force picks out. If the force picks it out, then it'll move the lightsabers around to make sure it happens. And I'm sure some of you are going to try to hang on and argue it and say like, no, nah, well, that was always the case. Yeah, well, it was never said that that was the case. Now that, like, once you say it, then it that's that. It's the argument that everyone's had with, Re a lot of people's had with Rebels. With the time travel thing. Once it's there, it's there. <laughs> it's why they call it jumping the shark. And I, I dumbly, possibly dumbly, I still want to hold on. I still want to give out hope that one day Star Wars can be what it was before. And I know a lot of people have given up and I completely understand that. And I'm not saying to accept what Disney's doing, but I'm saying what I'm doing is hoping that maybe if we continue to bring up these issues, open the eyes of some other people, that maybe we can get some things to happen, some things to change, so that we can get what Star Wars once was, to be that again. I look forward to having conversations with y'all down in the comments below. Uh, thank you for watching this. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I look forward to hearing your thoughts and opinions. As always, thank you very much for watching. And never forget you nerf herders. I love you.